Oh, hello everyone. This is uh, Data Driven Formula One with Patrick Hansen gonna be Grebner. Hi, Patrick. Hello, Gana. Hello, all. And we are back uh, with Nelson Piquet this time. Looking forward to this episode. That's right. So, um, yeah, that's probably the most uh, kind of controversial figure that we have uh, spoke about to date, especially yep. in the light of his latest uh, racist remarks that he made against uh, Lewis Hamilton. But um, we are here sort of we're going to come with maybe objective lens first and look at his career and then maybe get to the <laughs> to the fighting and to the yeah. all the comments that he he made in the public domain about other drivers and uh, yeah so um let's maybe start with um yeah we'll start start with his uh, early life <laughs> yeah. right so uh, his uh, complete name is nelson fredo piquet soto mayor also known as nelson uh, piquet uh, as you may know, uh, most uh, Brazilians have uh, very long names, which uh, including one or two uh, first names, and then at least uh, two uh, family names. First name of the father, second is uh, name uh, of the mother. And uh, as this is quite difficult uh, to remember, mostly uh, you shorten it then to the first first name and then the uh, family name of the from the father side yeah that's right and um, uh, we will talk about this i mean uh, so he's he was uh, from uh, quite a kind of well-to-do family uh, but uh, he didn't get support of his family when he was uh, pursuing his career and he's also known as uh, a quote-unquote happy gypsy driver i mean no offense to gypsies but what uh, uh, the word gypsy means uh, in this case uh, is that he for many years uh, lived on a boat and basically didn't have a, a, a an apartment or <laughs> like i don't know house um, and that boat was kind of taking him you know, around uh, the, the locations where you're supposed to race and uh, so so yeah i mean uh, you would you would probably um, find a lot of uh, references to him as a happy gypsy driver and uh, you wouldn't know what that that means but that's basically where it's coming from and again yeah. i just want to remind our audience that um, uh, this is meant to be a, a form of podcast, uh, but uh, because we are on YouTube and Spotify um, and YouTube is our main platform, uh, we are also uh, showing you some slides uh, so, and some videos, so that just something to accompany uh, the voice. Um, and we are using only um, uh, responsible uh, sharing of materials, so we're only showing you pictures where we have the rights or the pictures have been in the public domain uh, with uh, the licenses that we could use. That's correct. Yeah, and and I, forgot to, I forgot to say that we appreciate subscriptions, shares, and uh, comments that motivates us to do more episodes. So please do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, please. Uh, before we discuss him, just 
uh, the basic facts. Uh, born 1952, in August 17, in uh, Rio de Janeiro, uh, Brazil. Uh, he participated at Ensign, McLaren, Brabham, Williams, Lotus, and Benetton. A lot of teams uh, uh, accumulating uh, 207 entries, 22 victories, and three championships. Um, early life, uh, even though he was born in uh, Rio de Janeiro, uh, he was a uh, son of a physician who had been uh, moved uh, for, for work to uh, Brasilia. Brasilia is in the middle of uh, Brazil. It's it, uh, was, um, uh, the country's uh, third uh, capital, its actual capital. You see here in the photo, which I had the pleasure to take as I visited. Uh, so he has born in a very uh, small uh, city, completely uh, different to the uh, cliche which you have uh, from the country. Yeah, that's right. So that's very familiar to me. In Australia, obviously, it's uh, similar. Yeah, right. because there's Sydney and uh, there's all the slash cities. And then there is uh, Canberra that is very rural, very small. But nevertheless, very cute as well. Yeah. And exactly. Yeah, so as, Pat as Patrick said, the, the, the reason why they moved is because uh, his dad became the Minister of Health. So he was quite a, quite a big deal in, in Brazil. So it wasn't like a, a poor family, but he didn't uh, support uh, this um, uh, sort of the 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 hobby of um the, the karting hobby that nelson piquet had and this is why if you're wondering why he is not called uh, sotomayor because uh, 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 because uh, he used his uh, mother's uh, <laughs> last name Maiden yeah. name, maiden name as uh, his uh, um, racing name. Yeah, exactly. So uh, his father uh, disapproved uh, motorsports. Uh, I assume for the uh, various uh, reasons. But this uh, also, but this also yeah. very interesting, right, Patrick? Like when we discussed. Um, other uh, drivers we were saying uh, normally it's they would do something related to racing like uh, they would do motorcycle racing or they would do yeah. bicycles or they would do speed boating but um with nelson the case actually very interesting because he was really 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 good at tennis when he was younger and he made he actually was uh, competing and winning uh, some junior championships. So could we could have lost uh, a great tennis player as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, in fact, so uh, so uh, tennis, uh, I assume, a sport uh, which was more uh, adequate uh, for uh, this uh, level of uh, families when uh, you are in high-level politics. Uh, of course, also uh, much less uh, dangerous than uh, motorsports. So this is what uh, his father wanted him to become. Um, also, uh, he got a scholarship uh, at a college here in Atlanta. I tried to find out uh, which, because I'm here in the Atlanta area, I could not see where, at which college he had been in Atlanta. Uh, but I know um, that still today, uh, you can get scholarships at uh, colleges here in Atlanta if you're very good 
in uh, tennis. So we have this tennis scholarships for tennis still today here, at least in the Atlanta area. Yeah, and this is how he also learned the uh, English uh, <laughs> for better or worse, as we will see later. <laughs> to hear. Um, yeah, so that kind of also allowed him to do some kind of his own negotiating for teams and uh, confidence in his uh, negotiating skills. Um, but yeah, he didn't have any interest in tennis uh, so he did it because it's uh, you know it was a good uh, um it was something that he he just did um, since he was a kid but yeah his heart was in in racing yeah indeed so also he uh, dropped out from uh, university <laughs> originally he started uh, engineering uh, something which i am sure helped him for motorsports uh, but also for his uh, time uh, after active um, uh, motorsports, and we will come to this uh, later. Yeah, so he's uh, this typical bad boy, um, uh, you know, like from a rich family, completely yeah. disobedient, doing whatever he wants, like all this kind of stuff. So it's a little bit like textbook, uh, yeah, bad boy. Uh, uh sort of uh, start but then yeah like patrick said uh, and uh, uh, that's that's exactly correct that uh, he did and he completely lost all the support and he had to do it kind of himself uh, in racing yeah. so he had to uh, prove himself and uh, for that reason like i said he didn't have a place to stay so he was <laughs> he was living on a boat and yeah. all that kind of stuff yeah so um uh, so effectively yeah his uh, start in formula one was not on um, off the support of his rather well-to-do family from brazil yeah but besides uh, all of this uh, his uh, um First steps had been quite uh, classical into motorsports. First go-karting and then uh, advised uh, by Emerson uh, Fittipaldi. He has uh, continued with uh, Formula Super Fee, uh, which was quite popular in Brazil. So Formula uh, cars with uh, Volkswagen uh, engines, quite, uh, uh, well, not quite cheap, uh, but uh, uh, affordable. And that's why uh, quite popular in, in uh, Brazil at that time. Later, 1978, uh, he had been in British Formula 3, where he broke uh, the record by uh, Jackie Stewart, related most wins in one season. Yeah, and then uh, he made it into an enzyme, right? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was his first team. And um, yeah, he wasn't unfortunately uh, very successful simply because the car wasn't great. <laughs> yeah. Right, but at least uh, he uh, impressed uh, uh, in the short time he was driving before uh, retiring. So uh, we discussed it or many times uh, we had uh, in the 70s, 80s, uh, up to 90s, these uh, small teams quite at the back uh, of the pack, uh, but important uh, way for the youngsters to get a first uh, uh, step into Formula One and uh, present themselves so that next year they could uh, be inside one of the more medium uh, teams. 
Yeah, that's right. And yeah, and eventually he got the the, the gig in McLaren, <laughs> and uh, that that allowed him to do um, to to actually be competitive. Yeah. Yep. Then uh, uh, 1982, uh, so he won uh, only one race, uh, but uh, BMW's first uh, victory in uh, Formula One is the uh, uh, BMW uh, Turbo. Um, we, as you mentioned, uh, often now seen uh, as uh, maybe um, the bad guy, but also, of course, he had very uh, many positive sides. Uh, so uh, he has, uh, was the one who first assisted uh, Didier Pironi after his uh, career-ending uh, crash uh, um, at the practice of the German uh, Grand Prix. And then uh, he had uh, the uh, unfamous collision with uh, the Chilean uh, ATS driver, or RTS driver, as it's a German team, uh, Eliso, uh, Elise uh, Salazar, where we have uh, also uh, many uh, photos as it was live broadcasters on uh, TV. Yeah, we will come back to that. Maybe we'll do the 1985. Um, so yeah, first, but yeah, I just want to say uh, to what Patrick just said about uh, about uh, um, Nelson Piquet. Yes, indeed, he was. Uh, he's very kind of this passionate, intuitive driver. Um, and for that reason, he just uh, sometimes cannot keep his mouth shut and cannot like keep himself to himself. So he's yeah. sort of one of those people who really, um, you know, expresses the passion and kind of lives in the moment and is very instinctive, intuitive driver. Um, it's really cool to see those drivers in the sport because, you know, we like normally are in the realm of this very weighted, very professional people. So it's really cool to see like real human emotion there. And um, we will come back with to, to the episode with Eliza Salazar shortly because uh, this was really something that's uh, still is still stuck in the mind of many people but just to say um one thing is that not uh, he not only he was uh, you know helping other drivers he also was mentoring them and Eliseo Salazar actually was um, his protege so he uh, actually supported him uh, to get into formula 1 so he uh, really encouraged him and um, uh, he made a mark on, uh, like, made his mark in the sport for supporting many people. He indeed was uh, this really sort of, uh, um, you know, very um, engaged, uh, very supportive person. But at the same time, like this out outbursts of emotions, <laughs> and sometimes in their own places, really play like bad jokes with him, I think, uh, throughout his career. And we will see that later as well. Exactly. Uh, so but, yeah, but like, let's maybe talk first about 1985 and then we'll come back to the episode with Lisa Salazar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, exactly. As you mentioned, 85, uh, Brabham, uh, unfortunately, uh, struggling financially. Uh, uh, he um, Piquet had uh, uh, various options. First, uh, he had been in discussion with one Dennis, but they not uh, agreed on uh, conditions. So uh, he took the other parallel uh, option 
and uh, went to uh, Williams, uh, not only for um, from financial um, points, but also Williams uh, had uh, the Joker with the Honda engines. Yeah, that's right. But I mean, um, we, we also need to say that uh, Braham was uh, his most successful run because he spent uh, over seven years in Braham and he also won two uh, world championships with this team. So, but right. again, like you see, this is kind of the type of impatience, right? So like, it's not, like the... Uh, we, like we we always uh, say with Patrick, this is a very unpredictable sport. One year you're doing well, another year you do you're not doing well, and you need to have the patience, right, and the luck, obviously, to kind of uh, to to be the champion because you need to wait for the car to be there for you. You need kind of for all uh, wait for all stars to align uh, align. Uh, uh, and uh, sometimes, you know, when you have that amount of emotion and that amount of passion, you are not very um, uh, patient, uh, patient <laughs> to wait until the car is there. And that was exactly the, the problem in 1985 for Nelson Piquet. And I, I completely agree with you. And uh, also for me, um, Piquet, uh, the team I mostly uh, mostly um, relate him to is uh, the iconic uh, Brabham in white blue with the Pamelat and the uh, turbo engine. Well, I remember uh, quite a show uh, the, these cars. Uh, if they had been running very fast, uh, but uh, also many times uh, they had to stop due to technical problems with the turbo engine with a lot of fire was always quite spectacular to see. Uh, also, we have, yeah, we have to say we've talked. This is what I'm just saying. This is what we've talked about. That yeah. the run in in Braham was very very successful. Exactly, and <laughs> also to point out, uh, he was um, driving uh, against uh, Nicky Lauda, and uh, who was the fastest, uh, the champ champion coming from Ferrari. So he, uh, even as the rookie in the team, he did quite impressive uh, results, uh, including compared uh, to drivers like Niki Lauda. Yeah, and this is this infamous episode with, uh, with Elisar Salazar, uh, kind of very... Uh, so yeah, basically it was the again um, everything uh, cool happens at the German Grand Prix. Uh, this one was in Hockenheim, and um, uh, you know the basically Elisa Salazar just made a mistake yeah. <laughs> and caused the crash. And before the crash, uh, Nelson Piquet was leading in his Braham, so he was uh, kind of had pretty good chance of winning that race. Um, but um, uh, as a result of this crash, he came out and he well, literally kicked uh, Eliseo Salazar's ass, like you can say it that way. He basically fought with him on uh, live TV. Um, so it's not a very uh, sport, sporty behavior. And probably, I think, uh, you know, thinking now, you probably will get disqualified, uh, probably would be banned from uh, from participating forever. But back in the day, probably. 
Yeah, but back in the day, in 1982, uh, the uh, well, sort of the views of fear were pretty vegetarian, and uh, sort of you know they didn't uh, execute him for this uh, as a driver. So he basically continued to race. But but yeah, I just want to say that. Um, you know, this is, um, it's not that he had like, basically like he, he hated Eliseo Salazar or something like that. So Eliseo Salazar was his friend. Okay. This is a friend whom he supported to kind of go into Formula One. Um, and yeah, so this was uh, also the, uh, I mean, I'm also wondering that if it were someone he didn't know very well, maybe he wouldn't have reacted this this uh, mm-hmm. this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you also can see the kind of the instinctivity and uh, all this kind of emotional drive uh, that uh, can lead him sometimes into this really um, crazy situations. And uh, we'll talk about other situations later. But I mean. Uh, in this case, it was a physical, uh, you know, a, a physical fight. Normally, he would also have a lot of verbal fights. He would make really, you know, inappropriate comments about his teammates, uh, inappropriate comments about uh, the members of the family of the teammates, and and so on, other drivers, and so on and so forth. So. Um, yeah, so so that's quite kind of part of who Nelson Piquet is. Yeah, so the accident uh, with a lapped car uh, may remind us uh, to something uh, later, uh, decades later, the accident uh, between Kuchard and uh, Schumacher, where uh, Michael was also uh, storming after the race into the uh, McLaren Mercedes box, uh, where you may have the impression that he also wanted to start a, a fight, uh, which wouldn't have been a good idea because Coulthard uh, was uh, much bigger than uh, Schumacher. But uh, what I've heard then, even if he was very angry storming uh, towards uh, Coulthard, uh, uh, they talked about it and had been fine after what have been explained by uh, Norbert Haug, the, uh, the team manager at that time. Uh, also, it reminds me to another accident uh, with another Brazilian, uh, Ayrton Senna, who had been kicked uh, out of the race by the uh, John Louis Schlesser in the left, uh, I don't know which which team he was driving for, uh, which, which was the only uh, only race of the year, whole year where uh, there had been no McLaren victory. Mm-hmm. But there was no fighting scene after, if I uh, remember it correctly. Yes, so that's right. Well, Ayrton Senna was not known for fighting, uh, but Nathan uh, Piquet was, as you can right. see. <laughs> if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see some photos of the incident. And yeah, but I encourage you to actually watch the race. It's a lot more entertaining if you watch it live and you can understand the passion. Um, so he was actually, well, noticeably angry about, about it. Indeed. And yeah, like the reason I, uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can, you can see Mansell together with, um, Nelson Piquet, um, uh, now on your screens. And this is because Mansell, I think is the, the person who suffered most from, uh, 
uh, very rude comments from his teammates uh, or something and uh, we'll, um, we'll come back to this very shortly because it's uh, yeah there were some really inappropriate comments going his way yeah <coughs> Uh, but let's go uh, back uh, a little bit to the numbers. In, uh, as mentioned, uh, Piquet uh, moved uh, to Williams, where he have been joined with uh, Nigel Menzel. Honda was uh, rapidly paying uh, uh, most part of his 3.3 uh, million uh, salary, uh, quite high in the beginning of the 80s, uh, even uh, if now it would be a quite uh, cheap uh, contract. At that time, uh, uh, Menzel was not uh, uh, the well-known driver as uh, he became uh, afterwards. So he was became just thought this would be uh, another uh, paid driver or another uh, teammate, as he was known from uh, Brabham in the last years, which he really didn't uh, have to care uh, about. And with this, he completely uh, underestimates underestimated. Uh, uh, Menzel, uh, who uh, reached uh, to uh, to win two of the next three races uh, in uh, ninety uh, in, in the year. Yeah, I think it was because again Nelson uh, Piquet thought that he would come to Williams and will be this big star, so because he wanted to be the first driver. But yep. then um, uh, Nigel Mansell is completely different personality. So like uh, we we discussed uh, with. Uh, Patrick previously in in in, uh, in previous episodes, he's this very um, methodical, very calm, very professional driver. So it's completely different style, and because of that, he has consistency. And because of that consistency, he was able to get uh, you know several wins. And so now we were in this situation in Williams where the the position of the top driver was basically undecided. It's very rare when we have these situations, but in 1986, that was effectively the situation in Williams, where there were two very strong drivers, but it was very difficult to say who is the top driver, the first driver. Exactly. So, uh, as you said, uh, um, Piquet uh, not only uh, expected being the number one driver, but also, I mean, he comes, he came from a situation where he was used to that he was the number one driver, meaning he got uh, preferred treatment. He was the first to get updates. So he really had to uh, switch, had to switch his mind again. That's back to a uh, competition uh, inside the whole uh, team. So he, uh, really a relevant uh, change if you switch uh, one uh, job where you have all this this uh, unique support to uh, another job where you had to fight again. Then we come to 88, 89, his uh, Lotus time. Uh, Nelson Piquet took the uh, decision to switch uh, to Lotus, who have been uh, stagnating on the one uh, side. On the other side here, he had been uh, the clear number one, and uh, also he had uh, the Honda engine um, anymore. S maybe nevertheless, um, I think uh, this switch wasn't the best uh, decision, as Lotus was 
uh, not where the team uh, had been in the 1970s. So even though they had Honda engines, there had been no way uh, competitive against uh, the uh, McLarens. Yeah, and when we disc uh, discussed, um, uh, we have a separate episode when we discussed Chapman's career and uh, Lotus. Uh, so 1988 was also financially very difficult for Lotus. So yeah, that was... Uh, and uh, I can imagine that Nelson Piquet was not a cheap pick. So like, yeah, that probably also contributed to uh, to the fact that they didn't have enough um, cash to kind of sustain. Um, yeah. And another important, sorry, uh, another important point, if aligned with his character, uh, uh, it wasn't uh, easy for him maybe to uh, accept uh, that uh, Brazilians focus shifted from him to the new uh, local hero, Ayrton uh, Senna. Oh, yeah, that's right. And in fact, uh, we will discuss this later. Uh, he was interviewed at one point uh, about um, whether, uh, like, who, who, uh, like, they asked him, who is the better driver, you or Senna? And it was very recent uh, interview. And he said, well, I'm still alive. So, and... Uh, you know the meaning that he like, he was basically implying that he was a better driver. So you know, like that's uh, that's also kind of tells you that he 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 does take it very emotionally. Yeah, and on the other hand, the reactions, uh, especially in Brazil, hadn't been that much in favor uh, because, to be honest, uh, I mean, I mean, on the one hand, I guess most uh, of the people uh, think that Senna was the better driver. Uh, but secondly, the Brazilian heart uh, is with Senna and it's not uh, with uh, Piquet. At least for, for speaking about the most of uh, the people. Yes, that's right. And uh, well, like I said uh, before, uh, obviously Nigel Mansell was getting a lot of grief because, yeah, like uh, he was uh, constantly insulted uh, in public uh, by uh, Nelson Piquet and yes, yeah, so he also called uh, Nelson Piquet also called uh, Nigel Mansell's wife ugly and uh, so that was very also public display. So yeah, it's just uh, you know um, he 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 sometimes would say something that I think ultimately he would regret. But I think, you know, uh, back in the day, it wasn't a lot of it wasn't taken very seriously. I think uh, if he if he were racing today and would make similar comments, he would have never survived <laughs> more than one season because it's really yeah. um, not uh, appropriate. Yeah. Especially uh, with, with the next point where he compared Senna uh, to a Sao Paulo uh, taxi driver. Uh, here you have to uh, uh, know that there's a big uh, rivalry in Brazil saying uh, a little bit the cliche uh, people from Sao Paulo don't like uh, uh, the Cariocas, people from uh, Rio and people from Rio don't like uh, Paulistas. So uh, titling um, uh, as somebody coming from Rio saying that you are like a Sao Paulo a taxi driver, this is practically in two ways uh, bad. The next one, uh, he said, uh, Senna uh, implied he, that he didn't like uh, women. Uh, of course, uh, uh, Bra Brazil as a Latin country, especially back in the 80s, was a very 
Mashist uh, society, homophobic, uh, homophobic uh, in many parts, um, much more uh, than uh, today. So, uh, so it was practically, uh, you may say, it was not that critical a scene when you uh, when you say uh, uh, something uh, homophobic in general by big parts of society. So it was completely different than uh, today. Uh, oh, yeah, and uh, completely un unsubstantiated, considering how many yes. affairs yes. uh, Sena had. Uh, I mean, we still haven't discussed him, but yeah, he was uh, also a very popular guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure if it was also related that Senna was dating an ex-girlfriend uh, uh, of him. I think it was that way. I, I wanted to look it up, but I didn't found it. But somehow this is how uh, I remember... And it was quite common in this time, if you want to see something bad about a, a, a man, you tell him that he's uh, gay, practicing you're not a, a real uh, man, which was practically still uh, uh, accepted by society uh, in Brazil, but also in big parts of the world back in the 80s. I think uh, today with this comment, uh, you would be disqualified for various races. Well, yeah, I think you would and, and, be completely, and, uh, you would correctly. not be able to, yeah, not only race, I think you would not be able to like live, live normally if you made that public, uh, yeah. public comment. You would lose a lot of sponsors and... Uh, but but uh, it, it makes you wonder because uh, you know he recently uh, used uh, n word in uh, describing uh, um, uh, Lewis Hamilton and like practically nothing happened like uh, you know I'm I'm surprised that uh, there were some strong reactions but uh, the reaction wasn't strong enough I think like it's uh, he still kind of got got away with it. But yeah, I just want to say that obviously in in uh, in, in this podcast we are completely uh, against any racist, uh, homophobic uh, remarks, and uh, yeah, this is not okay. Even though this was back in the eighties, this is not okay. Yeah, and uh, as he mentioned, I think the interviews had been I don't know had it been in the Bolsonaro, Bolsonaro uh, time where I mean. Uh, same practically as most countries here in the Americas, from Brazil up to US, very much uh, separated. Uh, you have all the discussions uh, against wokeism for accepting uh, uh, more openness, uh, etc. And uh, I mean, Piquet um, also, uh, we mentioned at the beginning. Uh, comes from a political uh, family. Uh, he uh, was supporting Bolsonaro. He was once driving him uh, in a parade, um, etc. So he is, uh, you may say he is, was uh, more uh, uh, with a tendency to the right wing or populism lately. Uh, I can, uh, on the other hand, I can tell you, uh, I participated at uh, corporate uh, diversity training uh, so clearly, all these points uh, uh, had been made, uh, mentioned in today's uh, diversity trainings. If you're working in uh, Brazil, and uh, the whole workforce uh, gets educated, like in all countries, what you can say um, and what not, uh, how to behave to ensure uh, diversity, because Brazil has the uh, big uh, opportunity being. 
highly um, uh, diverse and luckily uh, normally homophobic behavior in Brazilian companies, it's not such a big uh, problem due to my personal experience uh, yeah. working with Brazilian companies. Yeah, uh, but so, uh, yeah. yeah, but that's true. I mean, we have a carnival in Brazil, which is like, you know, gay community dance quite, yes. quite a lot. But, but um, so, and that's why I'm, I'm wondering, like, how did he get away with it for so long? Because um, he, um, he made most of these uh, comments in Brazil, like uh, yeah. to Brazilian journalists. So like, yeah, it would be quite, I mean, if, if any, uh, any one of you guys who are watching us today from Brazil can tell us what, uh, what his reputation is in Brazil, because it's very interesting, especially if you know what his reputation was back in the day. Because, yeah, to be honest, I'm amazed that he, um, uh, like, I, I just want to say that um, I completely acknowledge uh, his talent as a driver and as a three-time world champion, but uh, at the same time, uh, these types of comments, I mean, we know that uh, um, people have been cancelled, right, everywhere for a lot less than, than this, and I'm just uh, just wondering how... Like with what luck does he get away with uh, all, all these 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 types of comments? Uh, exactly. So somebody from Brazil likes some comments. Um, my impression would be that uh, since the beginning he has been uh, known as the uh, loose cannon, taking a little bit the role of the uh, bad guy in opposite to Emerson Fittipaldi, and of course. Uh, in opposite to Ayrton Senna, who have been uh, both highly uh, beloved. I think he has more the, the role of the bad guy, and that's why maybe Brazilian, as people also in other places, uh, expect uh, bad behavior from him. That's why he maybe gets less uh, cancelled because of this. Maybe, but uh, still, it doesn't excuse. Anyway. No, it shouldn't be an excuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, well... Um... Benetton, yeah, well, that's a that's an interesting patch, right? Because this is where Michael Schumacher also comes uh, uh, yeah. in in into his career. Yeah, and like um, 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 Patrick said at the beginning, uh, also the phenomenon of Nelson Piquet is that he had really long career in uh, in Formula One, long and successful career. So you know, so, so and and definitely. Uh, it was good to see uh, uh, when you look at uh, the beginning of 1990s, uh, uh, Michael Schumacher and uh, Nelson Piquet in the same team, because again, it's a very different type of drivers. Yeah, and, uh, as, uh, and as I've mentioned, maybe from my point of view, the switch to Lotus was not the best decision. Uh, switching to Benetton, um, is including uh, to accept uh, uh, contract where you get paid directly by points was a very good uh, decision. Uh, maybe uh, Flavio Briatore, manager of Benton, underestimated uh, uh, the quality of the car and maybe also the quality of um, Piquet because maybe um, as most thought, uh, Piquet's uh, he's a driver of the past. Uh, yeah, he still has his talent, but he doesn't have the speed anymore and still wants to earn some money staying around and that's why he joined uh, Benetton and here he uh, surprised everybody including his surprised Flavio Bradatori he had uh, a very good 99 season scored a lot of points 
and had been a very expensive driver for uh, Benetton. Uh, so again, this was a very good year for Nelson Piquet, even though he couldn't uh, compete about uh, becoming champion, but uh, he did uh, much better than everybody would have expected. Uh, everybody besides uh, Nelson Piquet himself. Then, uh, as you already uh, mentioned, next year, 1991, uh, Roberto Moreno had been uh, a second Brazilian inside the Benetton uh, team, uh, but had been uh, replaced uh, by uh, Michael Schumacher. Michael Schumacher had uh, this great uh, impression uh, in the Jordan, so Flavio Briatore, Uh, knew that uh, Schumacher couldn't stay at uh, Jordan. Uh, he took, uh, uh, he discussed this with uh, Willy Weber, manage, uh, Schumacher's manager, and uh, Roberto Moreno uh, had to leave from uh, one day to another to make uh, space for Michael Schumacher, who became the new star in the uh, Benetton team. Uh, uh, showing also then uh, Nelson Piquet that yes, in 91, maybe he hadn't had his original speed anymore. And uh, so Piquet, who, who saw that he would, uh, is uh, or already became practically number two in the team, decided it's time uh, to leave the sports after the 91 uh, season. With this, uh, let's have an overview about his long career, starting 78 with the Ensigne, then uh, his uh, long, successful Brabham years, two championships, 1981 and 1983, and then his uh, switch to Williams, where he gained his third championship in 1987. Nevertheless, the photo I've chosen here is the 87 uh, Brabham, No, it's not the 87 Brabham, it must be the 83 83. Brabham, sorry. Mm -hmm. But for, uh, I said for me, uh, Nelson became mostly I associate him with the white and blue uh, Brabham in the, in the famous Turbo Times. That's right. Mm -hmm. Also here, uh, uh, Team Duels, the first one you have to beat uh, is your uh, teammate, And here, Nelson Piquet always had a quite uh, good uh, figure. If you, but we also we have to admit that many times, he Brabham was practically a one-man team, having a second driver on a much lower level, and also they exchanged the second driver so that it was quite normally that you have more points than the other driver in the team. Nevertheless, he was uh, very successful only beaten in 1979 by Nicky Lauda and later 86 by Nigel Menzel. Yeah, that's right. Um, but um, yeah, uh, I guess uh, I, uh, I guess whereas, uh, there was respect for Nicky Lauda, not much respect came <laughs> Nigel Menzel's way. Menzel's way. Uh, right, and uh, also uh, 1990, uh, we still will discuss it uh, later, later in a different episode. Uh, uh, Nanini, uh, also very uh, big uh, talent, uh, hope for an Italian champion, but he had his uh, helicopter accident. So 
so he uh, only drove half of the 1990 uh, season. Um, with this, uh, we come uh, to his uh, activities after motorsports. Mentioned in the beginning, uh, he started uh, in his engineering at university. So no surprise that he started a uh, company called Autotrack, uh, a company in Brazil who is offering safety uh, for uh, your car, uh, as there's a higher risk uh, that it gets stolen. You get, uh, 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 it's a similar, I forgot how the computer it's called. Uh, so you can include a, a chip somewhere in the car, difficult to find for the theft, the thief, sorry. And with this, you can track your car and uh, you can see where the thief is taking your car and hopefully uh, re get it back. So this is uh, the company which uh, uh, he is the owner of, uh, Autotrack. Unfortunately, they only have their page in uh, Portuguese. Nevertheless, you can get here more information. Yeah, and uh, we we forgot to to say that that when he dropped out of uh, school, he actually uh, was helping in the garage. So he was doing a lot of mechanical work. So he was again uh, very knowledgeable about the car. And I think the fact that he was watching Nicky Lauda, you know, was also a part of um, that training. So eventually he, because uh, obviously Nicky Lauda is the driver that is very in sync with uh, the car and understands the car very well. So I think he was able to learn a lot from him and that helped in later life, obviously. Yeah. Now we come to his quotes. Yeah, are you sure you want to do this? I mean, this was, <laughs> like, yeah, this is the first time I'm, I'm, I'm doubtful we should read the quotes, but let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's start on. Uh, in two years, I'll be making more than Michael Schumacher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's that's because he didn't want to retire and all that kind of stuff, yeah. yeah exactly. So it was quite uh, at the end uh, when Michael Schumacher appeared in uh, Formula uh, One. Uh, I I mean, most likely he didn't uh, make more, but uh, I mean, no problem. He uh, earned uh, enough money, so that's fine. The second one, uh, through Formula One, I bought my own boat. I learned to fly my own plane and helicopter. And my job with my company is a reflection of everything motor racing. Taught me exactly what he, what you just said. Yeah, but, but I think, you know, this also tells you that he's a bit of micromanager because uh, you need to delegate. And, uh, you know, if he is trying to be like I, everywhere it's very difficult like as a manager i can tell you that so i'm an executive director of an institute and uh, if you don't delegate if you don't trust uh, people then it becomes very difficult yeah <laughs> yeah but that's the personality right that's the personality that that drives up. yeah next quote driving in monte carlo is like riding bike in your house i mean uh, I think several uh, similar quotes we already have heard from various other uh, drivers as Monte Carlo is attractive, uh, not the, because of the track, but by the uh, surrounding, uh, the atmosphere. It's practically normally not a place where you would naturally drive a Formula One car. 
Yeah, the style is quite small. Yeah. Um, and practically, uh, you already mentioned uh, the quotes before, so we can repeat it here related to um, Lewis Hamilton, the little black uh, guy must be been uh, at the time, uh, and I leave out the slurs, uh, he was uh, pretty bad. This is, of course, uh, the translation originally done in uh, Portuguese. So I, I read also the original Portuguese and I can confirm, as I said, I had uh, the pleasure also to participate uh, at the Brazilian uh, diversity inclusion training. Uh, this had been quotes which are not accepted in Brazilian society, not today and for a long time uh, it wouldn't have been uh, accepted, including it wasn't acceptable in 2016. Uh, the, the next quote is practically the same, so I don't have to repeat it. Also, the next one uh, you already mentioned, uh, uh, the answer uh, to the question, who was the uh, best Brazilian driver, was just, I am alive. Again, not uh, received uh, very positive feedback by Brazilian society to, to what they in, how they interpreted uh, this line. Yeah, legacy. I mean, and we know all know Nelsito Piquet, and we already with Patrick discussed uh, his uh, run in the in the Formula One. But yeah, I just want to say that uh, Nelson Piquet has seven children. That's a yep. lot of kids, and these are yep. if you're watching us on YouTube. You now can see all his kids. Um, uh, Geraldo and Pedro, and then Marco Kelly, Laszlo, Nelson, Elsina. And Julia will be nice and is in the middle, and uh, yeah, so that's uh, uh, that's kind of his his family photo shoot. <laughs> yeah, and uh, by the way, uh, Nelsinho uh, in in Brazilian means uh, small. Small, yeah, so, junior Nelson Junior. Nelson. Yeah, similar to to uh, Junior. So I'm. Um, uh, I'm just thinking, I'm not so completely sure if Nelsinho is the official name. Uh, I would assume it's, it's more a nickname. I could imagine okay. that he's more called Nelson Jr., but everybody calls him uh, Nelsinho means a small Nelson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we all remember his performance, especially in the 2008 Singapore Grand Prix that Patrick and I discussed. But um, yeah. Uh, when we discussed the rival, rivalry in, in, in different teams, so please have a look, but yeah. Um, very sort of dishonorable um, end to the career. That could have been actually very good, I think, if he played it straight, right? Because uh, he is a very talented guy in uh, driving. He was talented, uh, yes, but unfortunately, this was the end. Uh... Uh, of uh, his uh, career, and we discussed it on detail in the uh, episode about uh, the Driver. Ferrari driver Massa yeah. and his claim that he should have been a champion, but uh, due to this action, which have been ordered by Flavio Briatore, the same Briatore uh, who was team manager as Nelson uh, Piquet uh, Senior was driving for uh, Bennington. Um, Maybe, maybe you, you should explain what exactly happened, because some people might not know. Um, 
uh, yeah, uh, he asked, uh, it, it was said and is think, uh, confirmed that um, Flavio Biratore, team manager now of the Renault team, uh, gave the uh, advice to uh, Nelson uh, Piquet uh, to crash the car to get uh, yellow uh, time in the race. This to support that his teammate Fernando uh, Alonso uh, would win uh, the race, uh, which uh, worked out. Uh, Alonso won uh, the race, and uh, due to this, uh, and, and um, this uh, also triggered that the Ferrari team had to bring in Massa. That this uh, pit stop didn't really work out; was a little bit chaotic. And uh, due to all of this, uh, um, at the end, uh, Lewis Hamilton uh, got more points than Massa and won the championship, which is the claim uh, by Massa. And as we discussed, he had a valid point. Uh, this uh, only later, uh, all this information came out. It had been investigated, and uh, Nels and Flavio Briatore had been banned from Formula One, I think, uh, for a lifetime. Uh, Piquet uh, lost his job. There had been uh, ideas that he would uh, join uh, later a team together with uh, somebody from the Fittipaldi family to have a, uh, practically a Brazilian team again, but this uh, didn't uh, work out. Yeah, that's right. That was in a nutshell. Yeah, but uh, I was going to say that probably um, uh, to people who are younger, the Nessie, the Piquet is less known than Kelly, and that's the daughter yes. of uh, Nelson Piquet, and Kelly is a model, and uh, she's dating Max Verstappen, so that's why you probably have seen her more than, <laughs> than yeah. senior who was... Uh, in Formula One quite a while ago. So that, you know, he was basically his la latest last season was 2008. So, yeah. Right. Uh, and uh, Kelly, uh, she's born uh, here in Germany. Sorry, not here, but uh, as I'm German, I still think here. But anyway, uh, she's the daughter of Nelson Piquet uh, and uh, Sylvia Tamsma. Sorry for the Dutch uh, audience, for my spelling. Uh, a Dutch uh, uh, model also, she had been uh, as a, a social media influencer responsible for uh, Formula E uh, media coverage. Uh, she had a quite strong relation uh, to the Red Bull team, uh, to say it that way, because uh, first uh, she had been a driver, uh, Daniel Kiewert, uh, 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 she also had a daughter together with him with 2019, but then ended her relation with him uh, and later became together with Max Verstappen. Yeah, so she's dating Max Verstappen and I think a lot of people saw quite a lot of photos. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just thinking and I, honestly I don't remember. I know that uh, Kivat was sacked uh, from the team uh, also with based on various accidents. Uh, I yeah, don't know if it was directly replaced in the cockpit by Verstappen or if there was still somebody in between. Well, yeah, Kvart generally didn't do well. Uh, he yeah. was uh, from, I mean, he is from a very rich um, Russian family. And uh, yeah, uh, well, generally Russia didn't do well in uh, 
in Formula One, they had Marasha, Marusa team that completely yeah. tanked. And to be honest, any um, you know any Russian uh, sort of connection to Formula One wouldn't didn't work really well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking uh, who directly replaced uh, Kivat uh, if it was already Verstappen or if there was another driver. Oh, yeah, I don't. I mean, know. It doesn't really matter. I don't remember, but we'll get to it when we get to uh, to twenty nineteen. Exactly. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. Yeah. So. All right. So with that, well, you know, this was a very controversial figure, uh, not. Um, uh, sort of an, an easy to talk about figure but we got through okay. this and thank you for sticking with us and um, just to remind you that our uh, video uh, is available on youtube and spotify and we're also available in uh, voice format on a lot of different platforms uh, thanks to patrick who uh, kind of puts uh, things everywhere um, and yeah, we hope that you enjoyed the episode. Please uh, subscribe and leave comments and uh, tell us if we missed anything, because like I said, we, don't, we never claim that we um, know everything. And if, if there is something that you want to share or you notice uh, anything that we should have talked about and missed or made some errors, uh, do tell us because yeah, obviously we want to improve. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time. Thank you. See you next time.